welcome to Lynn Cullen Live, talk radio without the static. Email your questions and comments to lynn at pghcitypaper.com. And now your host, Lynn Cullen. Hey there. Happy Monday. Welcome to the show. It's October 25th, 2021. Place us in time and space. Uh, okay, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm talking. I'm I'm talking to myself. I mean, I am in my head. I'm talking to myself. And I what I just said to myself in my head is, "Don't go there." <laughs> so, um, so I won't. So on. I'm starting to say so a lot before I hit into, you know, I was ranting about it just five months ago. How everybody starts their sentences with so now, which did not used to happen. Now I do it. Amazing. Going to to try to uh, leave that silent at the beginning of my sentences, but we'll see just happens then it happens to you too i think it was thursday night there were those tornado warnings and and uh i was watching a show and uh the station i was watching was not on a you know it was not a it was just a cable station of some sort and it got um taken over by the by the system, the warning system, which droned on and on and on. And I tried to get out of it, exit it, because it was boring. And um, it had taken control of my TV. I couldn't. I was annoyed. I finally, uh, it finally ceased and desisted. And I jumped over to the local, uh, local station to see what the meteorologists were saying and man, geez, wow. It was, it was, you know, (laughs) women and children first, man, the lifeboats. It was heavy. Um, Now it turns out that there were like uh, a few, two, I think, category one tornadoes that, hopped around in the uh, in the North Hills, right? Uh, and uh, I was I was enthralled watching uh, the. I kept going from two to four to eleven to see how their how their people were handling it because you know when you break into regular programming and it was regular programming. Uh, you annoy a lot of people, even if you're trying to save a life or two, which is what they were trying to do, um, and show off all their all their gizmos. Uh, but one of the things I got stuck on was in looking at their radar and when they zoomed in on certain areas where they were pointing out where the storm looked like it could maybe spawn a, a tornado. I started looking at the place names 
because it was all around here. They weren't venturing too far away from Pittsburgh. And I was seeing placement names I didn't recognize. And they were bizarre. I mean, I have you ever, is there really a place called uh, Experiment? Know anyone in Experiment? Because that was one of them. <laughs> Experiment PA. Now, how does a town get a name like that? Well, let's give this a shot. Bill. Bill. Call it the uh, experiment. I, how, and then there was one called Cracker Jack, which is a great name, but I've never heard anybody say I'm from Cracker Jack. Do you know where it is? I mean, it provided me uh, an incredible amount of uh, entertainment, actually. A few others I wrote down. I mean, it's you wonder how names are. And we all know that there are place names that are funny. That you think, how did they ever? In our town in somewhere in Pennsylvania called Urine. I mean, literally Urine. And I know when I moved here, I thought it was pretty bizarre that I moved to a place where you could say, oh, they live in Mars or in Moon. I mean, I guess the fact you say in as opposed to on made the difference, but I'd never heard of places called Mars and Moon. But Cracker Jack and Experiment, I'm telling you, I saw them on the map. They have to exist in some form. There was another one, Reduction. Uh, it just doesn't seem like a – now, I'm not good at naming things. I, I, all my animals I, – I mean, I've often, I've often outsourced the naming of my animals to, uh, to you, uh, to the, my audience. And, you know, that's how the wondrous Smudge Lemieux got her name. But uh, I'm sorry. I, if I were starting a town, I wouldn't call it reduction, and I wouldn't call it a maybe experiment. Cracker Jack and hunker. There's a hunker. Let's hunker down here. Hey, that's a good name. And then there's a lot to just talk about, like what's around. I mean, there's like you know limestone and uh, stuff like that. There was a limestone. But I, those are place names that I don't recognize. That's all I'm saying. And I, I did enjoy, uh, enjoy that. And as you know, I started uh, my broadcasting career uh, doing weather. So I'm doing weather in a time when before radar. I mean, radar existed, but it sure as hell wasn't available to uh, – to TV stations, uh, and you know, you just had. Well, I told the stories. I'm not going to. Okay, uh, this is something I wanted to share, and I, I know I said this last year, and I, I'm, I'm sure a lot of you think uh, that I really am. Um, a person who wouldn't be a lot of fun because I'm such a grouch about 
what other people think is of as fun. Gambling. Uh, going all out on uh, decorations for Halloween. That's the thing that's bugging me right now. Uh, walking around the neighborhood with all these blown up hideous, you know, and this is, a, I mean, do, are there, I'm trying to get a, I'm trying to get a question out. I swear I am. Are, at what age would a, a kid, a little kid, like be okay with some of the scary stuff that people put, you know, in their yards? Because I'm sure that, I've already said it traumatizes my dog, but it's got to be scary for little kids, isn't it? Some of the stuff is really pretty, yeah. But what do I know? I never liked being scared. I find life scary enough without, you know, going out of your way to make it even more so. But I do want to say this to a lot of you, because it's going to save people money. Granted, it could tank the economy because our job is to just spend it, spend it, spend it, spend it, spend it, and buy crap. But... Where do you guys store all this stuff? I don't even understand how you can have all this crap. That's not what I was going to say. Here's what I wanted to say about the Halloween stuff. And I mean it from the bottom of my heart. I'm trying to help you. Less is more. Strange kind of phrase, but it applies. If you want to have an impact in your Halloween decorations, less is more. There is a house that I do walk by in my neighborhood that has eschewed, God bless you, all of the blow up, you know, primary colored, scary things and you know, spiders and that god-awful spray stuff that's supposed to look like cobwebs and, and usually doesn't. That, there is a house, and it's a big old, big old scary-looking house, actually. The house itself, to me, is scary. Big old gray stone thing, tall, lots of trees around it, so you can't quite see it clearly and it's on a corner and on the tippy top because it's like three stories tall on the third story there is like a turret like thing so there's a rounded window and all these people do every year is put a silhouette of a witch on a broomstick in that window. And with light behind, so it, it, it like stands out. All of a sudden, you see, 
I mean, most people, I suppose, don't look up there. But that black construction paper cutout witch is, to me, the scariest thing on the block. And it didn't cost a penny. Extremely effective. It's, it makes It chills you. I don't know why, but it does. It chills you. That's all it is. I still haven't bought my Halloween candy, although I got to start because it's thinning out, isn't it? I just can't. I can't have it around. I have no control. None. It's not like, oh, I'll just take one. No, I start eating those little things like it's, you know, potato chips. Awful. And then, of course, I feel bad about myself. But just remember that. Less is more. There's a there's a house on the corner in Squirrel Hill, Murray and something, that has like 5,000 mannequins in the yard. It has a boat. I mean, a real boat with like mannequins and skeletons with, uh, I think, life jackets on as a boat is tipping over. It is a uh, I can't imagine the work that went into it. But if you ask me, it's too much. You see, this is why I say a lot of people would say, God, she's no fun. Wet blanket in the mud. Ellen says, my husband grew up outside Philly and always got a kick out of the names of two Pennsylvania towns not far from each other. That's it. Intercourse and blue ball. That's right. Those are two. I'm aware of them. Intercourse. Well, who named it? I mean, it was named at a time when that word was not used in that way, right? What else is intercourse? How could you use intercourse in a sentence in like uh, 1790, let's say, or 1740? Well, we had uh, delightful intercourse over dinner. You know, like maybe it meant just conversation. I don't know. Blue ball. <laughs> you got to wonder. I have no idea. No idea. Those are in Southeast PA. Right. Thank you, Ellen. All right. Cracker Jack, Pennsylvania. I love that. Okay. Yes, 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 yes. I'm avoiding the big stuff. You know why? Because I'll say it. I'm sorry. I'm about to swear. Because here's the deal. We're fucked. Okay? That's all I have to say. We're Really, all I have to say. I mentioned before, see how I didn't say so before that when I would have if I, but I'm thinking about it. I mentioned before the 
what do you call that? An app? Next door. People call it the, uh, what, Facebook for old people. And uh, people post things on there. Uh, it's gotten increasingly ridiculous. What some people, the fights break out, that didn't used to happen. The big, big, big thing that could get like 7,000 back and forth responses is like anything having to do with dog poop. You have no idea how passionate people can get about that. But one of the latest things, and I don't know if this is something happening in your neighborhood, but this is a very in-the-city thing right now, very much so in the East End. I don't know what's happening in other parts of town. The city is putting what are called roundabouts in a lot of intersections. Now, a roundabout is far as I understand them, is when you take the center of an intersection and you put a big circle in it, which would a circle of concrete and plantings and other stuff so that that part of the roadway now is not available to vehicles, even bikes, nobody. It just takes that away. And the way you're supposed to proceed is to enter the circle and to always give way to someone already in the circle. Everybody goes right. So if you're, you, you understand what these things are. I first saw them when I was in England because they had a lot of them. And at first they scared the crap out of me. Um, but I saw that it kept Rather than having the intersections we have, it kept traffic. You, generally, you kept moving pretty well. Um, it got rid, so you get rid of the stop signs, and you all just sort of seamlessly take turns going in circles. So instead of sharp edges, we now are circles. Very nice. Very nice. Here's the thing. They're putting these roundabouts in pretty small, you know, the city's height. And some of these intersections now are really feel very small. And you see a lot of people not having a clue what to do. I have seen people go left because that's where they wanted to be. And in the old days, if you're sitting here and you want to go left to that street, you went left. But obviously, that's not what you're supposed to do. So there's a lot of folks who don't have a clue about how you're supposed to navigate these things. But the thing that is really driving me insane, and I was glad to see that I'm not alone when I happened to see next door going nuts about it, too. Some people going nuts. Other people getting crazy about the people who are going nuts. So, you know, it becomes, again, a circular thing of increasing outrage. The roundabouts in my neighborhood still have all the stop signs. So what were four-way stops, when I heard that the roundabouts were coming in, I thought, hmm, you know what? That's going to make things better. 
But instead, what they've done is they put the roundabouts in and kept the stop signs. Uh, that is nuts. <laughs> That's nuts. Roundabouts don't have stop signs. The whole reason for having a roundabout is to get rid of the stop signs. It's a different concept completely. And I, I can't imagine. At first, when I saw the stop signs, I thought, oh, well, they just haven't taken them out. Maybe the taking out stop sign crews are, you know, behind the roundabout crews. That's not the case. I can see we're going to have roundabouts with stop signs. Stupid. Stupid. I was looking through, I almost said so. I was looking through more of my past uh, this weekend trying to organize all this stuff because I'm thinking I might have to try to write. I can't imagine a memoir, but I'm thinking just write up little events and stories that are, you know, good or interesting or whatever, and then maybe someday figure out how to make a book out of it. But I, I don't know. I'm thinking that's something I could do. So it, I actually started reading some letters that people sent me. Oh, my. God, I could do a book on the letters people send. My favorite are the, I mean, just beyond belief ugly ones. I mean, just nasty as hell. So, I mean, some cross way over into flat out threatening. But, uh, you know, there's there are postal inspectors and police that can be called in to things like like that but oh my god but one of the things that blew me away is I saw some advertising that was done when I was back in Wisconsin in the 70s and I had a television talk show that aired right before Walter Cronkite Cronkite on the CBS Evening News, I was the lead-in to Walter Cronkite. Why can't I say his name? Cronkite. 530 to 6. Live at... Oh, I guess 5 to 530. It was an hour show? It was an hour show. 5 to 6. Live at 5. But in the advertising... They said, where else could you hear interviews with people like Francis Ford Coppola, Jane Fonda, Count Basie? And I'm looking at that and thinking, what? I have no memory. I mean, had that show was built for me, so there was no one else doing it. It means that I interviewed Francis Ford Coppola on the show. I interviewed Count Basie and Jane Fonda. Jane Fonda, I remember. But I don't remember from the interview. I remember for, at a party I 
they were in town, she and Tom Haiti, when she was married to him. And uh, I remember my sense of knowing her, meeting her, was at a party. It wasn't interviewing her on the show. So it's that, that struck me as I want. I, I mean, I've been wondering who else have I talked to and interviewed that I have zero zero memory of because I can tell you I have zero memory of Count Basie Francis Ford Coppola Charles Kuralt it said now the reason I remember I interviewed like Timothy Leary Peter Lawford and Jimmy Carter is because I got pictures so I've seen pictures of me with them, but how do you, and this is why I can't write a memoir. How do you write a memoir when you have forgotten your entire life? So I rely on like old public relations uh, releases to tell me about my life. That's pathetic. I just see I have a call. I'm sorry. I got callers. I'm sorry. I Okay, call now if you want, because I'm now thinking about callers. Do I have anyone there? Go ahead, please. Hello. Hello. Oh, hello, Mr. Happy. Mr. Yes, hey. Mr. Mr. Optimistic. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Um, you were talking about the names. And we've had like three golden retrievers. We usually got them in the main society. Got lucky on that. And the names they come up with. But now we live with our our one passed away a couple months ago. And Aww. now we live with a 118 pound gentle giant. We have a Newfoundland. It is such oh. a wonderful dog. It's oh. so docile. It's oh god, it's the best dog I ever had. I just can't believe it. It's like you got this Aww. big dog, but he's like a little pony going around the house. <laughs> well, they're huge. Oh, they're huge. Dog. Lovable dog. It's a great dog. But, but the funny name, he's got, like you're talking about names. It's a fitting name for him. I don't know if I named that, but it's catchy after. His name's Sumo. Sumo. <laughs> That's a good name. A big guy. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Big guy, Sumo. Does he think he's a lap dog? <laughs> yeah, yeah, he tried to get one of his chairs with my wife, but it's too small. I was afraid to think he's going to tip over. But what's funny, he goes around the neighborhood and take him for a walk, and all these little dogs want to bark at him and get at him. And he's like, eh, get out of here. You're nothing, you know. <laughs> and one paw had swiped over the but He doesn't even be bothered by him. Like, are you really going to? Try to fight me, dude. <laughs> it's well, it's the little dogs that, yeah, the little dogs are the vicious dogs because they've they've got to have a lot of attitude because yeah, you know, they, they don't have size. Oh God, yes. So oh, he's a big, sweet. Oh God, yeah. That's what they are too. They're I was reading about. Them. They're mm-hmm. all like that. They're just. Uh, <laughs> it's oh man, it's a great uh, dog. We got a lot of guy. Yeah, we yeah. really got like this one. 
Well, it's it, yeah. Like I got lucky with the one I got now too. I mean, you know, I've had a lot of very neurotic dogs, and uh, no, when you get a just great one that is nothing but joy. Although I wouldn't want to have to be picking up the poop from something that big. It's not that bad. I was surprised. Ah, it's not really? much more than golden, golden retriever. Yeah, I was surprised. Not to. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And we All have right. A cat and what did Lynn Cullen talk about today? What did Lynn Cullen talk about today? Dog poop. Yeah. Um, well, it's better than talking about the other poop. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Really? I think so. I do too. <laughs> I think so too. Uh, hey. Thanks for thanks for keeping it light. I love it. Thank you. Okay. Have a good day. All right. Bye bye. Okay. You too. Bye. bye. Speaking of uh, animal names, I, I'm, I'm sure I've told you this, but now you've put it in my head. Um, I had a friend who always had great names for her animals, and um, one of them actually, Bonnie Mertz. Bonnie Mertz grouchy calico cat. Bonnie Mertz uh, actually ended up coming to Pittsburgh to live with me um, <clears throat> in her last years. But the reason I was, again, going through all my rap yesterday, I came upon a letter written to the editor of the Capital Times, which was the afternoon newspaper there were two newspapers the afternoon newspaper in madison wisconsin and it was uh in defense of of me lynn cullen this is after the infamous iggy pop interview um that had been written up in the paper and it said that i was he made a fool of me and blah 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 and i was so upset by it I went to my friends who had Bonnie Mertz. I said, Robin, please, you got, would you write a letter in my defense, please? There's got to be somebody's got to, please. And she said, no. <laughs> Friend, she said, no. I said, I'll write it. I'll write it. It'll be smart, short, bang, punchy. You just sign no, said. And then her big goofus dog walked into the room. <laughs> His name was Ernest Rubin. We called him Ernie. Ernie, I said, would you sign the letter? He didn't say no. I said, Ernie will sign the letter. She said, are you kidding me? They check. They check to see if there's an Ernest Rubin uh, at this Willard Street address. I said, I don't care. And then Bonnie Mertz wandered in and I said, Bonnie Mertz, would you sign the letter? She didn't say no either. So I wrote a punchy short saying that Iggy Pop was a jerk and Lynn Cullen was wondrous. It was better than that. And I signed it, Ernest Rubin and Bonnie Mertz. So-and-so, so-and-so, Willard Street. Damn if it didn't run, which is why I was looking at it just yesterday. 
because I love when that thing ran, I loved it. And it turns out I didn't have to do that. There were other letters that from people who actually did write letters. But the what I loved about it is the headline. They had a little headline over it, and it said, Mertz and Rubin defend Cullen. Yes. Gotta love it. I'm not good with names, though. Okay. Now what? China is sending a bunch of astronauts up to their space station. Uh, I think today. And uh, this woman astronaut, it's two guys and, a, and her, and uh, she's going to do a spacewalk, which will be the first time a, uh, a Chinese woman uh, walked in, in space. But there was a piece in the paper about this and about I, it is just so it is, it's like a flashback. China is not as highly evolved as we are when it comes to being comfortable with women in positions of you know, authority or power or whatever. And so apparently the media in China is just going berserk about her in space. She's been in space before, so she's dealt with this crap before. Um, They worry about her. um, She has two children, I guess, or she has a daughter. What about her daughter? Well, I mean, the other astronauts have children, too, but they're guys, so I guess we don't care about their kids. I don't understand any of it, but it's it's like that. Um, they're fixated, the media there. And this is the official Chinese media fixated on what happens if she menstruates. How is she going to wash her hair? And guess what? This is the one that freaked me out. An official with the China National Space Administration let it be known that a cargo capsule had been rocketed up to the space station earlier with a full supply of sanitary napkins and cosmetics. Now, this poor woman is supposed to do all the things astronauts do. By the way, she's a fighter pilot. She is, she is, she's, as I said, this is her second trip. She is expected to wear makeup. And here is another, the state television network said this. 
the quote, female astronauts may be in better condition after putting on makeup. What the hell does that mean? I guess what they mean, they don't mean like better, you know, physical condition. Well, in a way, but they mean she's, they think she looks better. That's a better condition. Easier on the eyes, I guess. So I'm just saying that, guys, when you hear that women have to do the job but have more that they also have to deal with. This is this, this is just a very clear example. The same goes for, you know, black people in a white world, or in this case, women in any world, because men, men control. Saying, I have got a. Where is this? There it is. Um, Oh, speaking of dogs, wait, that's what I needed to tell you. Speaking of dogs, there was a piece He's gone. Okay, oh, I see. I'm getting these so late that it just doesn't. Uh, Bob Briggs reply, I drove from Pittsburgh, Ocean City, Maryland this past week. Trump is everywhere. Do not underestimate Trump. I'm not. I'm not. So I say we're fucked. No, he is. If not him, his insanity and ideas that have polluted the brains of uh just extraordinary amounts of people. Yeah, we're fucked. Say goodbye. It was a nice experiment. I'm done conjuring up like, you know, Ben Franklin and driving him around town and showing him how things are because I used to think he'd get a kick out of it. And I don't bring him up anymore because he, he'd be so unhappy. I wouldn't torture a dead guy. I want to tell you about a a wonderful human being that I just read about today. His name is Louis Deckmer. And when I tell you he's a police chief in Georgia, I mean, the first thing I heard about him, he's a police chief in Georgia. So right away, I'm thinking, oh boy. And I'd be wrong. This guy, now granted, he's not originally from Georgia. He's originally from Oregon, but he's been down there in LaGrange, Georgia, for a long time. And he really, really takes policing seriously. This guy is amazing. Uh, He's always trying to make policing better. So there's so many wonderful examples of this, but one of the things he he has retrained his force to do what is considered heresy everywhere else in the country. And it's the thing that always made me nuts about why 
this is where, you know, mentally ill people getting gunned down by cops. Well, he appeared threatening. He was working for me. He had something in his hand. And my my thing has always been, why, if they pose a threat, but you don't want to, isn't there a way to incapacitate him rather than kill him? And, you know, yeah, taser. Okay, if that doesn't work. And this police chief, Lewis Deckmer, he's run the department for 26 years. He started thinking about all the police killings. And he said, you know, it's undermining the trust that people have in the cops. No kidding. And he thought, and every time we avoid taking a life, we can build trust, maintain trust. So he absolutely came up with an entirely different program, shoot to incapacitate, and made all his cops do it. I mean, he's done a lot. He is often thought outside the box in the late 1990s. Anytime one of his police officers interacted with a citizen in any way, he wanted it recorded. And in the 1990s, so there'd be a recording of everything. In uh, 2004, this Georgia cop police chief sent the entire force to crisis intervention training so they would learn how to de-escalate in encounters, especially with people with mental illness. In 2009, all all his cops were wearing body cameras. In 2017, he apologized for his department's role in a 1940 lynching, it caused quite a stir. As far as anybody knows, it's the, it was the first time a Southern police chief had done that. And amazingly, the leadership in this Georgia town have consistently invested in this guy's department. The mayor says we are very proud of the work Chief Deckmer does. But the shoot-to-kill crowd, which represents 99% of the police, is going berserk. And I, I just, it's a small town. It's 30 some thousand people. There's 94 officers. Um, since the training has gone into effect, it's been used only once and it worked. There was a guy with a machete downtown And the officer who confronted him first fired his taser 
And then when that didn't stop the guy, he raised his gun and started shooting. He said, I started at the legs. He says, I was going to go up leg, pelvis, trying to avoid the body shot that would kill. And it worked. He fell to the ground, said the officer, before I got to center mass. And that saved his life. And the officer said, I don't want to be the reason anyone dies. I want to be able to say I did everything I could to prevent that. Why aren't there more cops like this? And this is in LaGrange, Georgia, 70 miles southwest of Atlanta. It's in the middle of the Bible Belt. The local newspaper prints the daily Bible verse right below the weather forecast. This guy, Deckmer, he doesn't like, he doesn't even like the word law enforcement. He says, I'm not, it sounds aggressive. He says, I say that I'm in police services. And he goes on to say that less than 10% of what officers do results in arrest. Why is that what we're focusing on? Police services. Police help people most of the time. He hates the idea of a SWAT team. He won't even use the word. He has a team like that. He calls it the emergency services unit. Guess what? Any cop caught cursing in front of a member of the public will be suspended for a day and lose pay for the day. He also doesn't like his officers wearing sunglasses because he says if you're interacting with the community, that is an intimidating look. Incredible. Why the heck don't we have a of that. And of course, I mean, there are detractors. One person wrote on the department's Facebook page, the bird brain chief's going to get someone killed. A police department in a nearby town posted a link to LaGrange officers saying, Hey, come work with us. Come to an agency where you're appreciated, valued, respected, and can do your job. Anyway, I'm just saying. Love this guy. I love this guy. Preservation of human life should be the highest priority in policing. And there are some in policing that do think that Deckmer, this guy, is right and he's on to something. 
because the reality is the police are often their own worst enemy. Chief Deckmer, I wanted you to know about him. Then the top cop, 1995. What an amazing guy. I mean, that it's just a guy who just doesn't, oh, dang it. I'm sorry, I'm in love. Dave writes, I've always taken pride in the names I've given my cats over the years. Oh, stupid Fluffy or Mr. Fuzz. <laughs> okay, what you got? Aw. He says he's going back for a lot of these animals are dead and gone. One is called Little Feet, F-E-A-T. Okay. One is called Clyde after Clydesdale because he farted a lot. I didn't know Clydesdale's farted a lot. Phil. <laughs> Phil the cat. Abe says he was an awesome cat. He died too young like a rock star. And then there was Dolby, female. When she was being quiet, she was Dolby noise reduction. When she was running around meowing, she was Dolby surround sound. One cat was named after Ken Kesey. Kesey. Lost him last year. Still chokes me up, says Dave. And right now he's babysitting, cat-sitting Bump. That's a great name, Bump. It's his daughter's cat. She gave him a stupid name, so I renamed him Bump, which is not a stupid name. I agree. That's a great name. Pretty exciting, huh? Dave from Washington. Thank you. I've always had stupid pet names, pretty much. I just can't do them. It's just like I can't, I couldn't do, I've often said this, I could not write headlines. I'm not good with like punchy, immediate, you know, I, I can't do it. Can't do it. That's a specific skill. And I don't have it. Now, why is that thing jumping up and down on my computer? I don't know. Okay. Hang on. Excuse me. Um, oh, here's something. I, you know, I'm just not, I know. I'm an old lady. I am an old lady. And I, <clears throat> it is true, the older you get, I mean, you can try to keep up with popular culture, <clears throat> and I I try a little bit, but I'm not, I'm definitely falling behind, because you don't listen to the music, <clears throat> you don't watch the, the TV shows or the movies that young people are watching, I mean, generally speaking, you don't. And as I said, you know, all the people on the covers of all those magazines at the checkout, in the grocery store, you don't know who any of them are. And I, I hate that. I really do, because it means you're aged out. It's <laughs> over. That's what I mean. Aged out. But so much of what 
I see, I, I have to admit when I'm like reading a story, I, I often find myself just with my jaw slack. This TikTok stuff and uh, a lot of the stuff on social media, I don't, it's, it's beyond me how people with absolutely no talent can attract huge numbers of people. I, I mean, there's, I was reading an article about how, you know, Facebook and other social media are trying to deal with, you know, negative impact on young girls for, you know, eating disorders and bullying and all this kind of stuff. And in reading it, you find out that there are these people that just do nothing but post videos. There's a woman who does nothing but post videos of her waist and stomach. Uh, She has 21,000 followers on TikTok. What? And then it said this, Mackenzie Ellis, age 26, whose music was featured in a recent hip, hip walking trend, hip walking. Does that mean, you know, I'm walking here, I'm looking hip? No, no. It's close-ups. Filmed close-ups of people walking, close-ups of their waist while walking. What? Excuse me, somebody help me. Hip walking. So there are young girls and other people who spend their time looking at other people's stomachs and waists. (laughs) while they walk and it's a thing? How is that possible? And here's one of these women who puts all this crap up there. She says, This is a 27-year-old, Eugenia Cooney. She's very popular on YouTube. She makes videos that share her favorite makeup items with and fashion tips with her more than 2 million followers. Um, and here's a quote from her. Um, where is it? It's unbelievable. I just kind of feel like everybody has the right to make videos and to post photos of themselves. With me, people will always be trying to turn that into such a bad thing. Now, I guess because her makeup stuff makes a case for a certain kind of beauty. Right. And it's always thin. It's always 
thin and advocates thinness as an ideal. You don't even have to say it. Anyway, I I don't understand any of it. And I know that if I were a young, I was a screwed up teenager. I mean, a really messed up kid. And if I had, you could put that teenager that was me into now, I have to tell you, I uh, I think I would be more of a mess. I, it would have been harder for me to get my feet under me. Much harder. Much harder. I mean, I, I don't know. So I'm, I'm sort of glad to be aging out because I, I don't comprehend uh, what draws people anymore. <laughs> I don't get it. I just don't get it. So I have to tell you, I'm going to leave you a little bit early today because I'm supposed to have my car. They said it's a last appointment. You have to be here by 11.15. We don't take anyone after 11. I'm sure that's not exactly true. But that even 11.15 means I've got to drive like a bit of a crazed person to make it to my dealer. So... Um, I, I was thinking of just quitting about, uh, just give myself another two minutes, which is what I'm doing. Okay. You don't mind, do you? Hey, how about this pit football team? I, uh, <clears throat> that Kenny, how about Kenny Pickett, their quarterback or, um, instead of Ben Roethlisberger, <laughs> I know, I know, I know, I know. But can, so Pitt, I think, in the coaches' poll or whatever is that what that is? I think they they've moved up again. I think they're what sixteen. They're moving up. Exciting, nice, happy for them. Okay, you guys, that's it. I got I got uh, I got to race down to uh, the dealership. Trying to keep my old gas guzzling cars moving till I'm ready to get an electric one. And I'm not ready to get an electric one until there's more of an infrastructure in place to support. And I have to leave early because I gotta, I gotta stop at all the roundabouts between me and getting down to the dealer. And believe me, they're practically every corner. Thank you so much. Susan should be joining us tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye. Lynn Cullen Live, Monday through Thursday from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. and archived at pghcitypaper.com. The opinions expressed on Lynn Cullen Live are those of the host and do not necessarily reflect the viewpoints of Pittsburgh City Paper or its advertisers.